With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 154 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. If you've only just stumbled across us, you can subscribe uh, so therefore you never miss out on any of our weekly content. Get yourself on our website, fightdisciples.com. There's a button there. We're also available on iTunes. Hit the button. Never miss out on our weekly stuff, all right? We're also on all social medias, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's a new Facebook page. Make sure you go and like it. If you like the previous one, you've got to go back in and re-like this one. Also, uh, we have a clothing partner in the shape of Luke Clothing. Luke1977.com is their website. It's coming up to Christmas. Get yourself some new threads, lads. Get yourself stuck in. Use this uh, code FDLR15. FDLR15. That's the discount code. Get you 15% off at the uh, at the checkout from our clothing partner, uh, Luke uh, Menswear. And they do ship internationally for those that have been asking me on uh, on social media. And speaking of internationally... Still, love, still loving your bomber, I see. Yeah, man. Got it on. Every, I haven't seen you take it off since you got it. Sleep in it. Sleep in my new Luke bomber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of internationally, let's uh, head towards uh, uh, UFC Sydney, uh, first of all, because we're going to Shanghai in a minute. Of course we are, because yes. our boy's on, uh, on the car at the weekend. Motherfucking gangster! Uh, but Sydney is where they were at the weekend. Uh, Vadum... In fact, fuck Vadum. Vadum, Colby, Covington. That was more of a better fight, it wasn't was, it? Yeah, exactly. With yeah. the boomerang. Hitting them with the boomerang. This could be like the next generation of the UFC. <laughs> Fighting with what's local. That's a good shout, yeah. Fight with what's local. Local tools. That's it. Depending on where you are, you've got to use that as a weapon. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Wow. So if you're in Manchester, you'd have to fight with Eccles cakes and fucking... No, glass bottles. That's, yeah. what, it's... <laughs> That's what you do around here, mate. <laughs> but like you said, boomerangs. I don't know. Yeah. You can, In Africa, you can do with one of them... Uh, what were they called? Them Vuvuz. Zaylers. You yeah, can fight with a Vuvu Zaylor. Where you're gonna go then? No, if you did a Vuvu UFC, Zayla, yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it, man. Jesus. All these little little bits Good and bats shout. that are local to the community. Mm-hmm. But- Texas, like a, a shoe, a horse shoe. Nice. Bong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Vegas, uh, cups of chips. Nice. Gambling you know I mean? chips. Yeah. Gambling chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Across the octagon. Very good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Shanghai this weekend. Mm. Shuriken stars. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Chopsticks. I was, yeah, was going to say chopsticks, yeah. Or some dim sum. Yeah. <laughs> Just pour that all over each other and have a scrap in that. <laughs> Stop for a meal halfway through with some prawn crackers. Um, listen, we've said on this show on many occasions that Colby Covington is an absolute dick. Yeah. And let's he took his dickness to a whole oh, new level. He went, he? he went to a next level dickness. One... What are you doing in Australia, you bellend? He was All the right. guest fighter, so well, UFC have got to take a little bit of responsibility. But he's a dick. Why is he sending him out there? Exactly. I like the fact that they stuck him on a plane straight away and sent him sent home. Sent him home. Sent him straight home. Uh, for those that don't know, him and uh, Fabrizio Vadum, who seems to be getting a reputation for having altercations with other fighters, because he had one with Tony Ferguson recently, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Having a little, he's, he's a little bit of a grizzly bear, he's uh, Fabrizio. He Maybe he it's a, a language thing. Sword, 
yeah. maybe it's a language thing. Maybe he's not in, understanding the uh, Americanisms as they try to speak Portuguese to him. Well, I don't think Kobe's come out and give us his explanation. Although he's, you know, he's a dick. He's, he's, I don't know what his explanation will be. It'll just rep- be his belly. He's reported Vadum to police, hasn't he? So he's he's wants to press charges, which is why Vadum's got to go back to Sydney in a month's time to go in front of a judge. But then when he was asked about it for Doom, he was like, oh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to bring me wife and kids because <laughs> it's lovely Sydney. Going to have a week's holiday here. He didn't seem that worried about it. He said the issue was he'd come out the hotel to go and get a haircut or something. And as he did, he bumped into Kobe Covington. And he insists that he didn't say anything. I find that hard to believe because Covington's just attacked his entire home nation. So I'm sure Team Vadum or someone said something. But according to Vadum, Covington turned around and called him like a... a, a a beast or some kind of like your, your Brazilian mon- beast or something like that or uh, a monster. He kind of it continued his... Sounds like the type of put down that my four-year-old would throw my well, way. Well, exactly, yeah. Your poo-poo head. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then apparently Covington, they got into a bit of an ar- argument and according to Vadum, Covington kicked Vadum. Find that hard to believe, mm. but anyway. So that's when Vadum got out the boomerang. As you do. Smacked them with it. I like the fact that he around. had a boomerang. Brilliant. Go to Australia, get a boomerang. Exactly. That's what you do, don't you? It's it's standard, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Standard. I like the fact that he was willing to sacrifice uh, the trinket that he bought maybe for his his child or something like that to boomerang him on the head. I just think Covington's lucky he didn't buy a fucking didgeridoo because that would have hurt. Getting that wrapped over your head. Can you imagine? Yeah, exactly. Covington, then he'd have something to moan about. (laughs) So then Covington gets put on a plane, but not until his reports were doomed to police. So that's why the police were going to... Press charges. Anyway, he's got to go up in court and answer himself in a mm. couple of weeks' time. Load of bollocks. I wish the main card at the weekend was half as entertaining as oh, all that mate. shit. Yeah, I've got some horrible stats for you. Right? Oh, yeah, if, you if you listen... I sat through it, so, you know, well, one of the stats was you it th- was a fucking bore. Do you know what? It sucked you in, though, because I watched the Fight Pass prelims on... Uh, I, w- I watched it on... The, what's it called? On Fight Pass, obviously. Fight Pass, prelims Fight Pass prelims. On Fight Pass. <laughs> That's where to see it. <laughs> and then... Uh, that was hard work, let me tell you. That was hard work. And that was in the aftermath of Frampton and the boxing and stuff like that. So it was tough. It was a tough watch. And then the actual prelims started on BT Sport. And I was like, okay, here we fucking go. Proper shit. Because it was like, fight of the night, knockout of the night, performance of the night. It was. It all happened in the prelims. And then we got into the main card and I was like, got two fights in. I was like, Fuck this, this shit. shit's going to wait till Sunday morning. This is fucking awful. And I went to bed. Check this out, right? They set a record at the weekend. For those that have uh, maybe just come over to our UFC podcast because you like the boxing stuff and you think, oh, I'll give them a chance. I'll have a little mm-hmm. bit of a nosy in. We are honest with you. We're always honest with you. We told you to go and watch every single fight on UFC 217. Every one of them. Do not miss one of those. Yeah. We were right because it was class. Swerve UFC Sydney, right? That's what we're telling you to do. Don't go back and watch it. You're just going to fucking never get your life back. Check this out, right? They set a new record at the weekend. Three hours, four minutes of consecutive cage time. Yeah. Three hours and four minutes. Jesus. The, the broadcast was seven hours long. It's the longest 13 fight fight card regarding cage time yeah. in UFC history. Decision after decision after decision yeah. after decision. No knockouts, no TKOs. It was all unanimous splits and majorities. Yeah. Fuck it off. Here's my advice. Don't fuck it off. This is what you've got no, to do. Fuck it no, no, this is this is what you do. This is what Watch you do. Watch it on plus 30. No, no, this is what you do. You download UFC Sydney prelims and you watch the first three fights of the prelims. That was Camacho versus Brown. Fucking absolutely brilliant fight of the night. It was uh, Tulvasa, the Australia the Aussie heavyweight who landed a flying knee in the first round. You've got to see 
£250 fly through the air with the knee. Amazing. And then the third fight was Nick Lentz submitting Will Brooks. Just watch those three fights. And then fuck everything else off about UFC Sydney. Don't watch anything else. <laughs> Just watch those three. This is the beauty of watching it in the aftermath. You can rich pitch the best bits. And what they did was they confined the best bits of this entire card to three consecutive fights. So it's dead easy. I'm going to fast forward nothing. Just watch those three fights and thank me later. There you go. Um, hopefully the main card at UFC Shanghai this weekend as we head to China yes, is sir. going to live up to it. Because if we look down the card, I'll be honest with you, there's nothing really that stands out. And even, even when it was Anderson Silva and Kelvin Gastelum, it would have 100% for me been... Let's see how it goes and I might watch it back. Well, not even that. Because of the back. time difference, I probably would have caught it because this is... For UK fight fans, you can catch this in the early hours... Uh, not the early hours. In the mid-afternoon hours of uh, of Saturday, right? That's when you can catch this. Noon yep. on Saturday. Yep. Hopefully BT Sport are showing it. If they're not, your fight pass will be looking at it, all right? So make sure you get, it, get stuck in. And it might have been one of those where I'd have been out with the kids on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. record it, and then I might have watched it Saturday night. That might have been the situation because Anderson Silver, a legend, Kelvin Gastelum, I kind of like him. And that's it, really, as I look down that card. That's the only one that I would have been interested in. Now that Silver's off after getting popped, by, getting popped for PEDs and that Bispin's involved with it, just the whole narrative of how Bispin has come to this fight Mate, I ain't going anywhere Saturday afternoon. I'm sa- I'm sitting down with my bacon and eggs. Footy can go to one side. Normally, I'm watching the uh, mid-afternoon kickoff um, with the football. It's all about Bisping Gastelum for me at twelve o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, of course. And, I, and I'm the same way. You know, I, I'm, I'm I always like to pick something off the prelim cards, don't I? Or p- pick something else for you to look at. It's hard though. Don't even worry about it. No, there's hard. Record it just in case. And if there's anything Listen, worth watching, if you, if you're bored, next week we'll tell you. Yeah. Go back and watch but it. Like said we've that just though, done with UFC Sydney. Because of the time difference. If you're bored, yeah, yeah. it's on from eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, perfect. Have a nosy. Of course. Have a nosy. Yeah. 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 You're not gonna lose you're not gonna lose much. You're not gonna lose any sleep. You just Definitely might lose not. a bit of time. That's what yeah. you might lose. But just have it on background. Mm. Just background, window dressing. It's because a tough- you never know what could happen. Again, sometimes these cards that we play down turn out to be fucking absolute doozies. But what you've got to do is make sure you're in front of your TV at 12 o'clock to watch Bispin versus Gastelum. It's a good fight, this, right? Because, mm-hmm. yes, all right, the Bonified G, the uh, man that has just lost his uh, middleweight crown, Michael Bispin. You're a fan, I'm a fan. Everybody that's listening to this show from the UK, I have no doubt, and, and worldwide, are fans of Michael Bispin. You know all about him. You know what he's going to bring to the party. He's going to come forward and he's going to throw some shots. That's what he's going to do. He's exciting, he's the guy. You know that his engine's not going to go anywhere. He's in fantastic shape. Hopefully he can get a victory. However, this is a tough fight. Gastelum's a tough cookie. These Both both of these men have been through the uh, Ultimate Fighter. Both of these men have won the Ultimate Fighter. But my questions with Gastelum are, is he a middleweight? That's my that's my 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 question. This is a guy that started applying his trade at welterweight. Yep. He had weight issues and therefore was kind of forced to go up to middleweight. Yep. Mike obviously started his career at light heavy. He is a light heavy fighting at middleweight. Never had a problem making that weight. He's always there or thereabouts and he's big for the weight. So is Gastelum a proper middleweight? I don't think he is because every time I've seen him at middleweight, he does look a little bit rubbery. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think last time out against Wiredman, he didn't look like a middleweight. It's suddenly become evident that he isn't a middleweight. And I think the same this weekend when he measures up to Bispin, you're going to think this guy's an overweight welterweight. Yeah, but still, he's still got wins. Oh, he's got good wins. Over Tim Kennedy. Good wins. Who beat Bisping. Yeah. A win over Vita Belfort, who beat Bisping. Now, I know that fight was overturned because he was smoking a fat... TRT'd up. Well, he's, he, no, no, uh, Gastelum won. But, oh, the Gastelum won. Sorry, I thought you were talking about... Gastelum was smoking weed. Yeah, yeah, sorry. He failed a drug test. But he, he beat Vito and he beat Tim Kennedy. So, uh, 
they're both legit middleweights. So as much as, and even Gastelum himself, you know, he has a good win. He goes, yeah, yeah, you know, I need to get back down to welterweight because... He, he keeps saying it. But he can't make welterweight. He, he's missed weight so many times. UFC have gone, no, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. You've beat Tim Kennedy and you've beat Vita Belfort. You are a middleweight. Fuck it, you're in, you're mm. in there now. So with, um, the, with this fight, yeah. I'll throw this to you, right? Yeah. With this fight, his best chances are early doors. He has, if he's going to beat Bisping, he ain't, he ain't, out engineing Bisping that's no, just not going to happen no. and with all due respect if you're struggling right with weight and you've and you've put on weight that you don't necessarily need to have on for this particular fight Bisping's going to kick the shit out of his body yeah. that's what he's going to do he's going to wear him down he's going to chop the tree down and he's going to try and make him gas later on Bisping ain't going anywhere no. and you think that he Bisping's better chances in the latter half of the fight and maybe getting a decision at the back end of the fight through domination yeah I think I think Bisping does dominate the fight I think he wins easy on points as long as he gets through the first two rounds yeah and that's where I'm at with two it two rounds Gastelum's dangerous because he's got heavy hands yeah yeah he's got some excellent boxing now we know that's probably Mike's strength as well but Gaslam's boxing is superb even up at this middleweight division as well so that's where the big concern is for me you've just been knocked out 21 days ago by GSP you're coming into this fight it's a fight you're expected to win where the GSP fight I think Mike was probably just about the underdog or it was very close yeah. I think he's, a, he's going to be odds on favourite to win this fight I think this is concern and the first 10 minutes is dangerous but he can use his size his strength the momentum he had prior to GSP, and I think he should outpoint Gaston pretty comfortably. But man, this is a real fight for ten minutes, a real tough fight as well. Mm. Because you know, it's all one thing losing the belt to GSP, but then bouncing back twenty-one days later to get knocked out by Kelvin Gastelum. Where the fuck does that leave Bisping? I know we've got this big event in London with the UFC in March. Yeah, we're all hoping he's going to headline that as his final swan song, but. The, the, what I find is this weekend against Gastelum, this sets us up for the opponent in March. So he loses to Gastelum. I think he still fights in London in March, but we see him against a bit of a gimme. A bit of a gimme. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. UFC on in the business. Of so what you're saying is this. This is what you want, right? You want he beats to, Gastelum. You want your Romero. We get a big one. Well, I don't know about Romero, but I think we could get a Rockhold. We could get a Wideman. Listen, if he wins, he doesn't lose his number two status. Yeah. So if he wins, I mean, he's fighting against Gastelum, I think it's number eight in yeah. this particular division. And all right, yes, he's just been beating off GSP. But if he wins this fight, he ends the he ends the year on a high he's yeah. with a win. He won't lose his number two status. Therefore, you would think that he would fight a top five. You would think, but then that's not how the UFC works. Yeah, but you'd think, we'll get onto the Ali Act in a minute as, yeah, as yeah. to why they're getting a little bit of bother with, with all that type of stuff. But you would think that they would go top five. So there's two for me, and you've mentioned the other one. So you go either Yul Romero or you go Luke Rockhold. Okay, if if I'm Bisping, you don't want your Romero. Your Romero's, you just don't want to go anywhere near him, just because I think he's a horrible fucking opponent for, for Mike to fight. I think Bobby Knuckles beat him. He is, but Bobby Knuckles is best in the division, I believe. I think that's that's the fight with GSP. I think that's got to happen in Perth. Um, I'd love to see that fight. For me, I think Weidman. You've just mentioned then. I think Weidman makes a lot of sense. Okay, Weidman Bisping. In London. Yeah, you want a name. You want a big name. Well, that's what I mean. If he loses to Gastelum, say goodbye to a top five opponent. Yeah. Say hello to a, you know, a, a fringe top ten. You get Vita Belfort. Well, that's, well <laughs> that'd be fucking amazing. Wouldn't it? Or a Loyota Machida, maybe. Oof. Machida Bisping. It'll be a Legends London. tour. It'll yeah, be a Legends tour. That's what I mean. So uh, there's more chance of getting a Legend against Bisping if he loses. A Machida, a Belfort. I think if he wins, we get a Wideman or a Rockhold in March. 
That, I think that's what's on the Come line. Come on, Mike, here. do the business. Legacy's assured, man. Legacy's oh, mate, done. absolutely. Fucking world champion. The 18 months he's just had, slaying legends, Hall of Famers left in his wake, world title belt around his waist, got a defence or two in. See you later, boys. Now it's just about this big swan song. And he's never lost in the UK. Never lost a fight in the UK, so... Good luck to whoever fights Bisping in March. But first of all, let's get through the first 10 minutes against Gastelum this weekend. There you go. Um, it's on at uh, lunchtime. Bisping um, and Gastelum will be on at lunchtime on Saturday afternoon. Make sure you check your provider. I think BT will be airing it, but there's footy and there's a bit of a crossover and all that type of stuff. So you might have to uh, might watch this fight. Delay, maybe. Yeah, you might have to watch this on. Well, it'll be on Fight Pass. If you're a Fight yeah, Pass yeah. subscriber, you'll be able to watch it on that. So make sure you go and have a little bit of a nosy at that. Uh, now, we mentioned the Ali Act. We spoke about it on many occasions, mainly because uh, of Conor McGregor. When we were building up towards the uh, Floyd Mayweather fight, we were talking uh, about it regularly on those uh, preview fights. But now there's been a little bit of a development over the last uh, week or so regarding uh, the Ali Act, maybe crossing over into the world of mixed martial arts. Now, for those uh, that aren't too um, assured of uh, what the Ali Act is, um, then... Let me point you in the direction of uh, 1999 is when all this came in. It was basically to help fighters. I'm, I'll try boxers. And, so, yeah, boxers in particular. Uh, try and help boxers that were maybe getting a little bit of a raw deal through promoters, through ranking systems. It was to protect them in a way in order to protect their careers so therefore they got what they deserved ranking-wise and therefore maybe got shots at particular sh- uh, fights and maybe got paid the right amount of money that they should have been getting paid uh, rather than promoters creaming things off the top. Now, there's been a lot of uh, comparisons made between the world of mixed martial arts and boxing over the last God knows how long. Um, and the arguments are um, that the Ali Act needs to come into the world of boxing mainly because, again, of which we have, which we are seeing recently, the owners the promoters, for want of a better word, are kind of a low unto themselves. They're making it up yep. as they go along. So, for example, Cub Swanson, I think, has been quite vocal on this over the last week or so. We anticipated that Cub would maybe get that shot um, in the in the world title, but they've replaced him with Jose Aldo. Uh, even though Jose Aldo lost the last fight, he lost the title, and he's been thrown straight back into a world title fight. So Cub's come out, and he said a few things, and you think to yourself, well, yeah, maybe you've got a fair point there. Yeah. The whole point of the USC of why we loved it is that if you put a win streak together, you get a shot. Yeah, well, you get your shot because you you rank it. You go to number one or number two contender, and therefore you get a shot at the belt. That's how it's always been. But now it seems to be more of a financial derivative. If it makes financial sense, you will get your shot. I.e., GSP with Michael Bisping. Yeah, technically it should never have happened. No, but because it makes big money, it ends up getting uh, he ends up getting a shot at the middleweight championship, and now he's the middleweight champion, even though he's never fought in the middleweight division before. Yeah. So they're trying their very best, and it seems inevitable now that the Ali Act is going to come into the world of mixed martial arts, unless they completely change their business practices in this regard. You know, the the big argument is is like kind of twofold. So the guy pushing it through with the Senate in America is this Mark Wayne Mullen, who rep, who's a Republican representative from Oklahoma. He's actually a former MMA fighter. Yeah, he as is. Well. Yeah, uh, and he. He's, he's been dragging people like Mark Ratner, the UFC's vice president of uh, regulatory affairs. People like that. He's been dragging them over the coals a little bit because it's twofold. One, who does you, who does your ranking system, and why does it, why does it not fucking come into play when title fights come about? So they're asking the rankings in Bellator are kind of done by Bellator. Rankings in the UFC are done by about 18, 20, 25 so-called MMA journalists. But the MMA journalists, if you ever look at the list. 
fringe as fuck. Mm. Like the, we're not talking about the the actual guys you read about or see on TV or whatever else. Kids uh, in the bedroom. They're, they're literally bedroom operations. Yeah, they're they're, they're so small fry, uh, and also. The UFC dictate who's on, who, who gets to vote. They, they've invited these journalists and gone, or oh, again, journalists, loose term. They've invited these people to vote on it and stuff like that. Yes, they invited a lot of the more well-known journalists, myself included. I'm not just saying that, but I was, you know, I was in a pretty strong position when it first came about. Uh, and and, we, and they t- I turned it down. They turned it down. A lot of people in Premier, you know, have, have turned down the opportunity for, for varying reasons. So the, the rating system the UFC use doesn't actually stand up because the people voting it mm. aren't legit. Mm. However, what's the point of the rating system, the argument is, because the people who are ranked in the top aren't getting the title fights. Mm. I.e., Michael Bispin comes in to fight Luke Rockhold, and the argument they did in, the, in at this meeting last week, they said, at the time, Bispin was ranked number four, Rockhold was the champion. Did you ask one, two, and three if they wanted to come in at late notice? Obviously, Wyvern was one of them, but, you know, yes. Yeah. And they didn't. They went straight to Bispin. And then they were saying, okay, well, Bispin's first defence was against Dan Henderson, yeah. who wasn't even in the top 10. So did you ask 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, if they wanted to fight Bispin in Manchester? No, you didn't. You went straight to Dan Henderson. And the US team trying to argue, but there's a narrative there, there's a story. It's kind of like a, a voluntary before a mandatory. Yeah. But the USC don't use them terms, you see. No, they don't. So... That's kind of where all the grey areas coming in, and that's just mm. the ratings, the ranking side of things. The Ali Act was introduced because they didn't want promoters like Don King yeah. doing what they're doing to boxing. And what they're saying now is the words were actually used. The UFC are like the Don King of MMA, mm. and that cut deep. No, absolutely. Uh, just on the points of the Ali Act, this is what is actually working in the world of boxing at this moment in time. The reason why it's there is to, for professional boxing is not governed by any league, all right, association or any form of an established organisation like majority or other professional sports. The state officials are not ensuring the protection of the boxers and are not aware or informed of contract boxers have agreed to. This is pre-99, before as yeah, to yeah. why it came in, all right? Uh, promoters, you just mentioned Don King there, are taking advantage of the sport by conducting dishonest business affairs. This is something that is being spoken about now in the world of uh, uh, mixed martial arts because fighters are getting paid X, Y, and Z, whereas the promoters are making an absolute fortune off the back of their talents. Yeah. Uh, there's no rating system, which Nick has just been explaining there. Are provided to rank professional boxers, thus rating uh, ratings are subjected to manipulation by those in charge, as what we've seen, and it's still happening in the world of boxing, I suppose now, yeah. uh, but it's definitely happening in the world of mixed MMA. martial arts. Uh, and there has been a major interference in the sport because of open competition by restrictive and anti-competitive uh, bodies. So therefore, with all this in mind, with all that in mind, it seems to me either they have to change their business model and create a legitimate league table, if that's what we're going to say. Yeah. You beat him, you go, I don't know, you get a certain amount of points for a win, you amalgamate a certain amount of points like you would see in football and you would qualify for the playoffs or whatever. You've got to come up with a different uh, business strategy in order to avoid going through the Ali Act. But yeah. it seems at this moment in time that it's inevitable if they keep with what they've got, the Ali Act's going to come in and you're going to see these fighters breaking away, doing their own thing and, and cracking on because it's a restriction in trade, I suppose. Well, exactly, you know, and uh, the fighters themselves, you know, you could get into the top 10, yet never get a shot at the title. So what's the point of climbing into the top 10? And getting into the top 10 doesn't necessarily mean your money goes up either. You know, that that's the situation that they're in. It's not black and white um, for the fighters. And the difference about boxing and MMA is this as well. If in boxing, 
you can you can, obviously you sure you sign a management contract or you sign a promotional contract but that contract is got it's got boundaries on it it might be for three fights it might be for five fights and you can also use the Ali the Ali act to get out of that contract to go and speak to somebody else if they don't oblige so they you sign for someone they go you're gonna have five fights this year and you only have four yeah you can use the Ali act to get out of that contract and go and sign with somebody else that will get you five fights or whatever the UFC have got a bit of a they've kind of cornered the market they've a got a monopoly bit because mm. Once you sign with the UFC, there's kind of nowhere else to go. And the U- you're at the UFC's kind of beck and call. If they give you a fight, great. If you don't take it, good luck waiting for the phone to ring again. Like, you've got to take what they offer you, basically. Certainly when you're, when you're growing in the sport. Yeah. Uh, and that's obviously the issue that they've got with the Arley Act. You know, they've got too much control over the fighters. You know, basically the fighters are like... The UFC model is more like the NFL or the NHL, or the Basketball League in America. That's what they wanted. They want the brand to be bigger than the individual. So you go and watch an NBA game, it sells out because it's an NBA game. You might have LeBron playing, or you might not, but it's the NBA. You buy into the NBA, and that's what they want with the UFC. The difference is, in the NBA, everyone's on a fucking contract. Whether you play or not, you get paid every month. You're on a proper contract. You're a full-time employee mm. of whatever team it is, which is a, a part of the NBA. So you're backed up. You're, you've got your insurance. You've got everything else about it. Now, the UFC dipped the toe in this when they introduced insurance for all of their fighters a few years ago, which was a massive thing. And at the time, I wrote an article going, the way the UFC's going, they really are going to become an NFL Super League. They're going to start paying fighters wages and just spiking payments when they do fight. This is the way it seems like it felt like it was going to go that way. But obviously, they they haven't committed that way. They've stopped some way short. And that's where the government's getting involved now in the US because, like, wait a minute, you treat these people like full-time employees because they can't fight anywhere else. But they, they don't can't get the benefits do anything else. That. But they get zero benefits of it. Yes, you've got an insurance plan. If they get injured, that's great. You, look at, you help them look after their injuries. But if they don't fight, they don't get paid. Yep, that's you can't run a business like that. You can't have employees that don't get paid unless they perform. That, that that's not fair. You know what I mean? They, so that's obviously why the, the 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 government are getting involved in the US. This Ali Act, I think it's inevitable. I think it's inevitable that it's going to encompass MMA. Mm. It's just how long is it going to take? You know, I read somewhere this week that over the last couple of years, the UFC have invested four hundred plus four hundred million dollars in getting this Ali Act thrown out. They don't want it to happen for obvious reasons because they're making the the chunk of the change. Mm. The fighters are making pennies compared to what the UFC are making. But I think it's inevitable for the sport's growth. It's got to happen. It's got to happen because fighters need protecting. You know, it's a, you've got fighters now who are coming out of the UFC who have been former world champions that have got next to nothing because it, it all went on their fight camps. They're earning tens of thousands instead of tens of millions. Mm. Um, and one of those superstars who is earning tens of millions is uh, Conor McGregor. Well, they're very few. The ones who've, the, oh, yeah, absolutely. The number of millionaires the UFC made is is probably quite a cool number. Mm. You, 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 there's, there's dozens of them now. But when you talk about ones who've made tens of millions, you count on one hand. No, absolutely. But one of them is Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, and he seems to be that guy that is becoming a little bit of a loan to himself at this moment in time. We saw what he did at Bellator 187. Um, and he's issued an apology this week. Yeah. Well... So-called apology. Don't know if you saw it. Um, he put he posted on social media the first bit of it. Yep, sound. The last bit of it. Absolutely. No need to put that in the middle. No need to put that in the middle as to the reasons as to why he believed he was, in effect, right to act the way that he acted. None of his bollocks. business. It, is but it was bollocks. Makes total bollocks. Absolute total. Bollocks. What he said was total shit. 
He said in the middle, Mark Goddard was a shit referee and he wasn't protecting the fighter. And I've been in the corner when a fighter got killed and I was scared this fighter might get killed if my if my teammate was allowed to keep fighting. That was absolute fucking bollocks because he ran at Mark Goddard and knocked the guy who'd just been knocked out over. Connor, Connor's momentum knocked that guy out. If he was that kid, if he was that bothered about his safety, he'd have ran over to see how that kid was. Absolute fucking bollocks of the highest order. For me, that apology just made it worse. That was like rubbing salt in the wound. I thought, how fucking stupid do you think the world is? Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out, because I don't think we've heard the end of it, if I'm dead honest, mate. Definitely not. He's just, you know, one, he's lucky it was on a Bellator, well, Bellator are fucking buzzing it was on a Bellator card, because they got all the publicity off the back of it. That was on tape delay in America, and they actually shown Connor running in the octagon as previews for the couple of hours running up before the pay-per-view started, mm. before the, the broadcast started. So he did their job for them. So the UFC should be spitting feathers. This is a guy that reckons he's co- he should be co-promoting with the UFC. Well, listen, mate, when you're pushing fucking someone else's brand, does nothing for the brand that you're supposed to be selling. So Bellator are buzzing. They don't give a fuck. They've got, they've got a VIP seat on every Bellator show for Connor now. Please come and help us sell our shows. The governing body in the Dublin, in, in Ireland, is untouchable. Mm. He's fucking untouchable in Ireland, so nothing's going to happen there. And the UFC are like, well, it wasn't our event. We had nothing to do with it. And our, our, our guy performing, what can we do? Again, brings us back to the Ali Act. Yes, they've got him under some kind of promotional contract, but they can't stop him from behaving the way he behaves. They can't stop him from doing what he does. And on top of everything else, he's Conor McFucking Gregor. <laughs> so no one can stop him. John Kavanagh, his coach, can't stop him. His, his family can't stop him. He's bigger than anything. He's the biggest star. He's... One of the biggest stars in world sport right now. But the problem is he hasn't got a boss to answer to. Mm. That's the problem. And that makes me think, where the fuck does this end? Where does it end? Tyson, man. You compared him to Mike Tyson It is week? Tyson. It's Tyson shit. Listen, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. I said it's the beginning of the end. I'm, I'm telling you, we're on record saying it. I, I anticipate the unravelling over the next 12 to 18 months of Conor McGregor. Like you say, he did that on a Bellator show. What do you make of the Bellator heavyweight tournament? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> what are you laughing at, man? Right the, before the, before we, de- I, I had to I had to screenshot this because I wanted to. Bring mate, I've got it, it all here for I, you. I wanted to bring this up. Do you want I wanted it? To bring it up. Where, where are we? Where what, are you having we? a bit Let of a just... crack with somebody about the Bellator heavyweight tournament? No, no, no. Okay, so where's the odds? Oh, don't go on. Here's the odds for the Bellator <clears throat> heavyweight tournament. Listen, right? Can I just say something before you give it shit? Mm-hmm. Nostalgia always sells. And listen, I've, I've no doubt people will pay to watch this bullshit. But let me just give you the odds. Go on, carry on. This puts some kind of like semblance among this lineup of fighters. You know, listen, Bellator heavyweight tournaments. You know, come on. It's a veterans tour. It's a veterans tour. Go on. But there is the is the is the odds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So right now we've got we're set, we're talk, the top up nine fighters. There's going to be nine fighters. They've announced eight, but there's one more to come. About. Okay. Okay. So favorite right now is Matt Mitrione. American odds I've got here, which is plus 200, which means he's kind of two to one, I think it is. Okay. Ryan Bader, second, who's a light heavyweight. Yeah. Frank Mia, former UFC, uh, drug, got done for drugs, left the <laughs> UFC. He's in third. Roy Nelson, you know, never came close to a UFC heavyweight title shot in fourth. Fedor, legend, absolute icon of the sport from 10 years ago. He's in fifth, okay? Yeah. I'm going to skip sixth, and I'm going to go to Chael Sonnen, King Mo and Rampage Jackson. That's the order. The reason I skip six, TBC is a bigger favourite than Chael, King Mo and Rampage. <laughs> TBC. 
The fucking guy they haven't even announced to be in the tournament yet is a bigger favourite than Chael Son and King Mo and Rampage. What the fuck does that tell you about this tournament? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, it's happening between January and April. There'll be uh, fights week after week after week. Rampage is taking on Sonnen. Mitrion is taking on Nelson. Bird is taking on King Mo. And Fido's taking on Frank Mir. For me, I love a bit of nostalgia. It's going to be like watching football back in 1992 with my short Johnny Bond shorts on. That's what it's going to be like in its sunshine. I hope they get Vandal that's all that's missing from this lineup is Vandalay. Put Vandalay in there, man. That, mm. That's what we're missing. Then I'll watch it. It is what it is. It's it's freak show bullshit. It, it's just mad. They've called it the head, the heavyweight tournament. They could, you know, again, it's just the legends tour, isn't it? Mm. Call us, call a spade a spade, man. It is what it is. And we, we ain't gonna die. I'm gonna watch it. I ain't gonna die. I'm gonna watch it. But I'm gonna kind of watch it perversely. I want to watch it like I want to watch... Voyeurism. Yeah, it's like, a bit I, of voyeur- like, like I want to watch Kenny Dalglish pay five aside. <laughs> Just for fucking nostalgia's sake, you know what I mean? That's why I want to watch it. He's still got a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, He's exactly. still got a bit. Exactly. Um, back to the UFC. 219. They've announced Cyborg, Holly Holm. It will be the headliner. You've got, you're rolling your face, you're rolling your eyes. And do you know something? I roll my face and I roll my eyes as well at that. But for the £145 division... We needed something to stack up because Cyborg's a killer. Last time out, she wasn't as killer as I anticipated her to be. So therefore, I'm kind of wanting Holly Holm to go in there and start for a little oh, bit. Oh, fuck yeah. I want a little bit of an upset. I want to go in there and do the business. Listen, 100% I want Holly Holm to win this, uh, win this fight. Of course I do. But let's... This is the New Year's Eve Eve card that we've been buzzing about since they confirmed it four months ago. We're going, oh, they're going to have something special for that. We were led to believe it was supposed to be Connor. Connor saying, Team Connor saying it was never going to happen, but we're being led to believe we were going to get Connor. Then we were going to get Stipe against, uh, against the lights heavyweight champ Daniel Cormier. Then we were going to get this. When this was announced this week, I was like, ugh. Ugh. Was it, did you do that off the back of me telling you that they're talking about Tyron and Nate Diaz? Yeah, because I was excited for something cool. Like, listen... I'll tell you now, this will be Holly... Before before we even know, this is Holly Holm's biggest payday. Biggest payday of her career. You know why? She doesn't want to fight Cyborg. Mm. She doesn't even want to be a featherweight. She wants to be a bantamweight. She's on record saying, I, I, I only had that fight a featherweight because there was a vacant title with Durand Now I'm going to go back to bantamweight, which is my weight division. She doesn't want this fight. She doesn't want to fight Cyborg. Nobody wants to fight Cyborg. They've had to strong arm Holly Holm into this fight by paying her a shitload of money. I'm telling you now, when this, when this fight plays out... When the money gets released, because it's in Vegas, we'll find out. I guarantee Holly Holm gets the biggest career, career payday for this fight. That's why I'm not interested in it. Does nothing for me. I'd love Holly Holm to win. I would love Holly Holm to start Cyborg. Of course I would. Can I see it happening? No. I'm excited about this fight. No. You're right, little stress head, aren't Does you? Does nothing for You're me. You're right, little stress head, aren't you? Does. What's up with you today? I don't know. Fucking <laughs> going away, aren't I? So I'm oh, getting it all out my system get it, so I can li- chill out with the kids when we go away this week. <laughs> Taking it all out on me. Out. He's coming in. He's does nothing for me, man. Chucking what does it shit do for you? all over the studio. We were talking, we were saying New Year's Eve Eve, it's going to be awesome. Right between Christmas and New Year. Fucking big UFC card. It's going to be sick. Is, does this, is this the highlight of your Christmas and New Year? No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, they've still got, what, six weeks to maybe announce something? Man, I hope they've got to announce something better than that. 
They've got to announce something better than that. Let's end the year on a bang. Let's get something awesome. Especially going when on. we had three world title fights at UFC 217. Exactly. We've got an OK one coming up at 218. What yeah. we want is a little bit of tastiness for 219 just to finish off the year. I kind of like those cars just before Christmas, uh, just before the new year. That Listen, it, it, it gives me a little bit of a kick. December's awesome because obviously we've got Bispin this weekend. Then we get into December. We've got the tough finale the night before Holloway versus Aldo. Then Cubby Swanson fights the week after. Then we've got Robbie Lawler versus Desanos. It's amazing. It's like bang, 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 bang. And we get to New Year's Eve Eve and it's like, Ugh. Do you know what they've done? What they've done... You blew the load to it. No, what well, no, done. no, 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 no. What they've done is that they've looked at last year. Last year was Ronda. This card last year, at this time of year, yeah. was Ronda, wasn't it? Yeah. It was all about Ronda. The comeback. So now what they're trying Starch. to do is trying to find that new female star. They're trying to make that into a cyborg thing. But there's no narrative there. No. There's no thing there. Ronda was a freak of nature. When she yeah, burst yeah. onto the scene, it was a freaky thing. And it was all about Ronda's comeback this time next year. However, she got lit up within uh, a short period of time, didn't she? But Ronda ticked all the boxes, didn't she? She was a savage. She was an animal. She was attractive. She was a bit of a knobhead. She was an Olympian. She, she was a bit of a knobhead. She was a knobhead. <laughs> you know, she, she had... Or it all fits into place. Like, she's a star. Cyborg is not a star. She might be a star in Brazil. She's not a global star. Mm. She's not a global Holly star. Holm's too nice. I think Holly could be a star. Yeah. But Holly should be... A, if Holly was the bantamweight champion defending her belt here against someone else, I'm all over it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. But... Mate, it's two Holly years. Holly shouldn't be fighting Chris Cyborg. Mate, it's two years. Two years since uh, Holly Holm starts Star-ch Ronda. Ronda. Two years. That's fucking flown, isn't it? I remember. I remember. Like it feels like yesterday watching that. Yeah. You know. You know what would have incited me for Holly Holm? No shit. Ronda. No. Well. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? If you'd said to me New Year's Eve, Eve, you can make any fight for Holly Holm. Make it. Who are you gonna make? You know what I'd say? Casey Taylor in a boxing ring. Let me see that. I fucking pay for that. I want to see that. <laughs> but Chris Chris Cyborg in an octagon up a featherweight. Does not inform me. There you go. UFC, if you're listening, you need to uh, pull your finger out and get a, a, a bigger Step main event. We need something better for We need Nate. TV. Come on, we need fucking Nate. Put your hand in your pocket, get Nate in there. We need Nate in the lovely. octagon. Come on. Man. Christmas special. Nate walks out with a fucking, I don't know. Don't get me wrong, I think Tyron starches Nate, but I want to Don't give a shit. Yeah, but Nate, I, no, I don't think he will starch him. I, I think he'll it. beat him up. I don't think he'll starch him, though. I think he'll just stand there all bloodied to fuck, like, <laughs> pissing with Clara everywhere. I'm not give, surprised, motherfucker! Giving the, giving the V signs. <laughs> Woodley, will ta- Woodley will gas, and then he'll choke him out in the fifth. <laughs> That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Gets twatted for four but rounds. Again, if they'd have made that, we'd have been talking about this for the last 15 minutes, going, this could happen, this could happen. It's Mate. amazing, I can't wait. Snoop Dogg does the ring walk yeah. and the commentary. Yeah. And rolling up at half Oh, time. they all get fucking... Between rounds, just have a, have a doobie. It's Christmas, isn't it? Let's have a little doobie. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a fight. We've sold it for you. Exactly. There's a fight. The return of the 319. Get him back yeah. in there, man. Mid-round bong hits. 219, Johnny, not 319. 219. Uh, get Nate Diaz back in there, 100%. Uh, listen, that's enough from us this week. Make sure you're tuning in at lunchtime on Saturday for a little bit of Bisping. We'll, we'll, we are going to be tweeting about it, so if you're trying to avoid it, maybe avoid our Twitter feed uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon because that's what we'll be doing. We're right in front of him versus Kelvin Gastelum live from China, which is aired in the UK at 12 o'clock. Enjoy it. Uh, if you uh, don't subscribe to us as of yet, please do so. Come, come to the party. Uh, you can uh, subscribe via iTunes under Fight Disciples. You can also get us on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're on all social medias, at Fight Disciples, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We will catch you next time. <laughs>
Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.